Hi everyone, this is Sophie Carbonari and I'm really happy to introduce you my new season which I'm really proud for the first episode to introduce you my discussion with Miss Fain. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm so good, it's so good to see you. It's oh, been a minute. I know. <laughs> but I'm glad we can jump on and, and, and get connected here and have a conversation that we're both very passionate about, about beauty. Yeah. And I'm yeah. so excited to talk with you today. So thank you for inviting me. Oh, thank you. Thanks for being part of it. And I have to uh, have to confess, first of all, I'm really proud because you are now one of the key person of the fashion weeks around the world, should I say it? And Thank I you. Really, I accept. Yeah, it is, it's amazing. And then uh, I really like the, uh, like, you know, everything that you brings into the fashion week, like, you know, the creativity, everything. So let's start our discussions and, and after you will explain me everything. <laughs> yes, of course, of mm. course. And thank you for that introduction. It's really nice to see uh, your career through the lens of somebody else who's paying attention and understand that the work that you do is seen because sometimes you feel you work like so intensely and you don't even see how it is translating. So I, it makes me very proud to know it's working. Thank you. It's come from my heart, really. Um, so the first question will be, when was the first time when you became aware of how other may see you? Mm, about how other people were seeing me. Yeah. Um, you know, I think really, really probably early, as, as comprehensive as I was probably around five or six years old, people were acknowledging that there was something about me. Uh, you know, I was a, a cute kid and I come from a, a multicultural household. So there was my grandmother from Mexico and my grandfather from Denmark who raised me since I was a month old. That, that was mother and father to me, was mm. grandma and grandpa. So they played both roles. Every, most relationships in my life are multi-level. Okay. Uh, uncles and aunts were like siblings. And, um, you know, I think that's also what Miss Fame and Curtis, there's, there's a multitude of level within myself yeah. uh, and people saw me and would say, Oh, what you're very beautiful or you're cute. And I remember feeling, um, you know, when you're very little, you kind of have to take where people provide something positive. And it was as an artist drawing and creating beauty and also visually that people would say you were nice looking. So mm -hmm. I realized I have two things that are working for me and I'm going to run with that because, you know, when you're little, if you don't have enough guidance, and I was being raised by an older generation yeah. that maybe I wasn't hearing exactly what I needed. And in my life, I found um, certain parts of myself that came much later, which was people telling me how smart I was uh, about my, my business mindedness and about how I navigate my profession. And I thought, oh, that's interesting because as a child, those were, those were not passed to me, yeah. but I did utilize and still utilize my artistry and beauty Mm -hmm. uh, which were gifted to me by the universe, by my parents, by God, whatever I accept. Wherever it came, I accept. <laughs> so, yeah. The, the, there is one thing that I will say. It's uh, when I said like you became one of the main characters of the Fashion Weeks, I just realized, although that you bring some sophistications in terms of it's really it's more than just an image. It's like, a, it's a, a thought and everything. You, you really bring something mm. and it's, it's making like, 
you know, it's intellectual too. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, and then that makes sense for what you said. It's it's really like it's you 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 have something that it just it's so well done. It's really hard piece. You you are an art piece, should I say? And I don't know if you like. I or, I love it. I think for me that my artistry. Mm -hmm. My artistry is a form and my presentation in public is a form of um, images therapy. Yeah. It allows me to process and to overcome mm -hmm. uh, maybe the image, the identity of how people perceive other people, yeah. uh, how the world perceives people. Uh, we have probably a lot of narrative on what is considered normal. Um, and I've never followed those rules. I think I tried to be a bit conforming as a child because I was growing up in a pretty, you know, a, a generation so far away from me. My grandparents were born in the late 30s and into the 40s. So I was born in 1985. That's like, for, for, you know, many decades of separation. Mm -hmm. So there was a chapter of trying to make them happy yeah. and feeling nervous that if I didn't follow uh, their guidance and kind of exist like other people, mm -hmm. I would not feel, you know, not be loved. And I think that mm -hmm. at the core of me, I had a fear of not being protected and loved. Mm -hmm. So I also had to find myself and be authentically me. And so there was a point in my life, maybe at 18, where I said, you know what, I have to lean into beauty. I have to lean into things that are not conforming with what is normal. The, the narrative is my own. And I, I believe that as I exist in fashion, I always had been drawn by beauty, uh, drawn into it, overwhelmed by the presence of beauty that existed in fashion. I thought that's a fantasy. I want to I wanna be there. Can I yeah. exist there? Yeah. So I look at... Um, my evolution to getting to being in fashion and existing within the world of beauty, uh, becoming my own identity, and also knowing that my existence is allowing others to see themselves. You know, it doesn't mean that everybody that says, oh, you're doing, you're doing drag, so now I also exist because you exist. Exactly. So, you know, it might mean that somebody that's different, diversity casting, maybe come from a different cultural background, different ethnicity, they mm -hmm. might say, I love seeing that variation accepted in fashion because that means if that you can exist, so exactly. can I. Yeah, that's so. It allows people to be there. We we deserve to be there. Yeah, definitely. Talking about that, how would you describe your relationship with the modern beauty culture? I think I'm a part of the influence of change. I think that modern beauty culture, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of makeup on the faces these days. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, uh, you know, and I'm, I've participated in uh, injectables. I've talked about that on social media, like Botox and a little filler here and there within reason, because I think that it's all about self-preservation. It's about self-maintenance. What is right for your face and your body? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not against, I, against going further, but I think that respect may be a bit of what you've been gifted mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, because we're all beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beauty is not limited. It's not. It's not to say that there's one version of beauty. Um, that one one direction is what is beautiful. I think certain cultures kind of get positioned into a style. I think LA has a style. Yeah. I think that the, uh, the Parisian has a style. It's not necessarily cosmetic. It's just yeah. kind of a the cool factor. Mm. Uh, and I think that uh, when you look at our Italians and the way they dress, like everybody has a variation of how they want to look and a little bit of carefreeness. Like, yeah, I'm enjoying drink. I'm enjoying the sun. And yeah, my skin is aging, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> and I'm still looking good. 
Yeah. And I think that is really something I like to take away to not get mm-hmm. so fixated on um, plastic perfection. Yeah. Because I think it's like, yeah, you know, of course, if we can afford not to have wrinkles in the skin a little bit longer, amazing. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, there are resources out there for us that are, that are the, you know, the, the, the knowledge and the science has made major progress. But I, I definitely um, try to find a balance within all those uh, aspects to, sorry, my dog wants me to throw the toy, <laughs> to uh, participate in what I see, which is beautiful. And also within myself, like mm-hmm. I, I, I look at myself and think there's been a lot of moments where I, I, I take a lot of care of my skin. And, you know, that's how we met. We met through the care of my skin (laughs) and had a wonderful treatment and a relaxation. And I think that that restoration, that moment of of allowing somebody who's an expert, you, to work on on my skin and bring me back to show up for my work, for my life. It's um, something I recommend for anybody to try to uh, experience in their life at least one time. Um, And if it's financial and people feel limited, I I think you can buy a nice product. Or you could do yeah. a few um, good treatments at home, and even the way you eat, your diet, it's all going to come through the way your skin is uh, radiant. Exactly. And that's this is something very special for us to learn how to care for ourselves, and it shows up in good skin. You create, you have your own um, makeup range. Can yes. you can you just tell tell me more about it? What was the what's motivated you to create that that range? Can you share with us? Yeah. Of course. I uh, launched several years ago, Miss Fame Beauty, mm-hmm. and it started with five uh, lipsticks, five cream shades of uh, opaque tones, something nude, something a bit bold, intermixable. And I had to imagine that the people that follow my work are not just um, drag queens. They were women, you know, regular women that just love beauty. And they saw my work and thought, oh, I love your technique on contouring. I love your technique on how to uh, apply an eyelash. Um, and I love how you take care of your skin in between the makeup. So I'm paying attention. It's not just excluded to one community. And I was aware of that. My reach was vast and it was uh, multidimensional. So when I came out with the lipsticks, I was, uh, you know, it's a self-invested product. It was my own money going into my own brand and I had certain standards and I wanted custom everything and I wanted my own formula and I wanted my own packaging and I wanted my own details to be seen. Uh, I also wanted to show a bit of the showgirl, a bit of my career history. So adding a bit of a a glitter to make the lip transform Mm -hmm. uh, for nightlife and entertainment and film. Because I have so many categories in my career that I've touched with in entertainment, music, on camera, um, in real life, and with editorial. So makeup needs to look good in certain environments and do certain things for certain environments. Exactly. And... The Shades of Lipstick allowed me to introduce myself to the beauty industry as a, a, a cosmetic brand. And I evolved it into coming out with a beautiful palette. And we produced it in Italy. And everything was about, um, really about this multi-layer. Like, of course, the, the palette was called Under My Skin. And, the, and the, the lipstick collection was called The Fetish of Fashion. So everything's a bit editorially titled. It's like a magazine. Mm-hmm. I like um, it. Or a beauty book from the 90s. I treated like my first collection, like how Kevin Aquan's beauty books existed with the face yes. of a supermodel and something striking and a bit of a message so that people could feel connected to the brand itself. Uh, and then the eyeshadow, same thing. I was introducing something um, about the way that we feel when we're, um, you know, like it was a bit inspired by this. I went to a show 
and I was watching um, a, I was watching a live show uh, for Jean-Paul Gaultier in Paris. And I had been working with the house a bit and going to a lot of the couture shows, different ones throughout Paris. And there was a song under my skin that was sung about Gautier's previous partner who'd passed away. And there was an emotion to the tone of this song. And I thought the, the way that felt to hear the lyrics, the, the title under my skin, I've got you under my skin. I remember thinking the way I feel about beauty is so emotional and it's so true and it's allowed me to claim space mm. that I thought that would be such a brilliant title for a collection Amazing. and it allowed me to imagine creating something I mean we're putting makeup on top of our skin but it's allowing us to reach internally to present a side of ourselves to the world yeah so everything's very meaningful and and, and deeply thought out and um, we had a small little holiday collection launched uh, after that and mm. then I recently collaborated with um, a French skincare brand that's a clean beauty brand called 27 Rosier. Oh, yeah. And I actually met, yes, the highlighters that we've released. Oh. So this just came out about a month and a half, of, a month and a half ago. Um, and this was through the brand 27 Rosier in collaboration with Miss Fame Beauty. Mm-hmm. So it was the bridge between the science of skincare, which that, that's their specialty, and for me, pigmentation and the, the application of makeup. So it's first skincare first. It's clean beauty. It's sustainably sourced pigmentation. Um, Everything has a nice luxe feel and it's got, you know, uh, what is it called? The stable form of vitamin C and plant-based collagen. So it does add a lot of skincare benefit. It just also adds that that luminous radiant glow from the pigmentation. So for me, it's about moving forward and finding ways to create a brand that's mindful Mm-hmm. I think collaborations the future, working together. We should be working together on everything. Yeah. Uh, conversations, brands. Um, you know, the future is unit unity, coming together to create things that are authentic. Yeah. And this was a way for me to lean into skincare and me, to tell people I'm obsessed with skin, but I'm going to work with people that specialize in skin to develop skin. I see. So yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like what I've done to keep my brand moving, but mm-hmm. at a pace that makes sense for me, that's not like... Um, I'm not a machine in beauty. I don't have a brand hitting all the time. I, I focus on signature products that make yeah. sense for me. I, I see exactly what you mean. This is amazing. I love that. I love that. One. Thank you. Yeah. Thank no, you. So it's so clever and it's so what's the word means it, you know, like the create 20 products full, like, you know, out of nothing. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So you do. Yeah. You have to build up. And yeah. I think that, That's what I've done throughout my career is I've taken like um, quality over quantity. Mm. I wanted things to be really, really good and they needed to be authentically at my standard so that I could say that as I move forward, I mean, I have a lot of friends that have worked in beauty and they, they've made products that were maybe a bit faster to get to the market and they um, they've had a lot of success. And I thought, well, maybe that's, that's, that can make sense. I I just think the world is moving too fast. I think the world is moving way too fast and like I love entrepreneurial kind of pursuits. I think that independent businesses, we, we want to support people on their ventures of developing their business, the ball and the dog. <laughs> and I'm keeping, I'm multitasking. So I, I, I'm still believer, a believer of independence and, and supporting your venture as a dreamer. So yeah. I will continue to pursue my dreams. I mean, it would be nice if things were... Um, easier i think that it's you know when you want to do things quality it, yeah. it's going to be harder it's going to be a lot of work and yeah. you will um especially if you're a perfectionist which mm-hmm. you know i like things 
perfection doesn't exist, but attaining the idea of something really good, it's yeah. possible to get to a level that you can feel proud of. And I that's know. what I hold true. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, it's, right. there's always room for improvement. Trust me. I'm always like, oh, we can do better next time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and you try. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell me, who are your beauty role models? Mm. You know, I, I think that there's different ways to approach who a role model is. Of course, I look at um, family first. Mm -hmm. I look at people in my life that have been there, that have taught me lessons, that have allowed me, like uh, my cousin, Sophia, or my, who, who's a, a strong and very, she was somebody that was working as my assistant, and she's gone through a lot in her life. She's gone through personal loss her partner passed away very young you know he was 40 years old um 42 years old when he passed and this happened six months ago and i think with the world and reality when we look at people going through real life situations and how they navigate and they they're fighting to claim space and they're 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 fighting to live just to live yeah. and the strength it takes to get through loss mm -hmm. that's somebody to me that really inspires me to kind of keep things in perspective because mm -hmm. it gets really um we can get out of perspective very quickly when we're caught up in our career and we're thinking about, oh, that didn't happen or this, this should happen or I'm good and why didn't they see me? And, yeah. um, and then I'm reminded that there's like a whole other layer of life that's really intense that's happening for many other people. So it keeps me grounded. Yeah. Um, so I look at somebody like her or, or my other sister who has twins and she's a single mother and I'm mm -hmm. like, she's working her ass off yeah. to be there for these kids exactly. and that's hard hard work and i look at it and i have so much admiration and mm -hmm. i know she's doing the best she can yeah. and these uh, I, I tell her often i said i would have been so lucky if i was child and you were the person who raised me because you yeah. you really are a, a wonderful oh. mother yeah and i think sometimes people for forget to tell each other that yeah that we we might you know come from like a certain culture where people are saying very humble and they don't say it and yeah. i'm i'm a I go against that. I'm like, we are going to acknowledge the work and we're going to acknowledge the talent. We're going to acknowledge the effort because I want people to know that I see them because it's a nice feeling to be told. It's, I can you I know? definitely believe that words can heal, you know, and yeah. that, um, we like be introvert, like, you know, you have to be extra, be too much extrovert. Of, of course, you know, it doesn't mean that you, but you, when you feel something like we all did so much like, bad feelings and everything but when we feel something like positive we have to share it because the impact of the word yeah. and then the energy that's you know it's so powerful that i, I definitely believe that and then although the, you know there there was i don't remember the name of this photographer but there is this um um documentary photographer uh, who mm -mm -mm. did this series and then he just like take a take a, a picture when he said to the people you are beautiful and then you see before, and then at the moment, and you say to them, you are beautiful. And then you see the face getting radiant and they all look so like, you know, like shiny, beautiful, like, you know, like thankful and everything. And yeah, so the, po the power of words, it's the, we have to share more and more the, the feelings that the positive feelings that we have for each other. Yeah. I agree. And I actually think that's really, uh, I know exactly that series. I remember seeing that too. And yeah. it's so powerful to be reminded. Yeah. Uh, it catches you off guard and it's, it's unexpected sometimes if you're living a regular life, uh, yeah. you're just going to live and go to the grocery store or 
you know, you're not used to being kind of treated with kindness. Cause I think a lot of people are working so intensely and they, they get into the job and they're, you know, they're worried about paying the rent and they're worried about paying their mortgage and they're worried about their kids' education. They're worried about even having kids or relationships working that they might not hear that enough. So, you know, I think that it's like needs to start at the most microcosm, like that your, 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 your family, your best friends, like the people there. And, but then I look at people in the industry. Of course, I was a child inspired by supermodels. I was inspired yeah. by Linda, Naomi, uh, Christy Turlington, Kate yeah. Moss, Kristen McMenemy, uh, Karen Elson, people that were unique, that were, that were these powerful visuals of women owning the world of beauty. And it, you know, I might know a few of these people uh, it, directly and indirectly. I've met, I've met my icons because mm -hmm. of fashion. So I've been around these women. Um, and it, some, you know, I've made a deeper connection with where we still text or we still DM or we see each other and we're always polite. We're having a group dinner and it's humanizing, but I still have this fantasy of me as a child going, oh, look how beautiful, how unobtainable to then be in that space and look like Miss Fame. I'm like a part of this room and, I, and my visual is undeniable. So I've allowed myself to exist at a level that never was told I could. Nobody said you one day could be the most beautiful vision of a fashion fantasy. I mean, it's a fantasy to create a world of fashions about dreaming. Okay. And I, I want to dream. So I create dreams mm. through my image of Miss Fame. Yeah, no, I, I completely see. I completely see. And then, yeah, mm. these relationships about like, yeah, so you keep the little child, inner child inside you. Like, yeah, still. protected. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so, but this is yeah. good because, you know, it's like, it makes the balance, isn't it? It's making the relations healthier, I think. Like it's I think so too. <laughs> That's completely fine. I wish that they weren't so sad. They're so protective over the household. Yeah. And they're, she's she's getting into my skincare bag. I just got a gift yesterday. <laughs> you have from, to um, save skin... it. Save it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm gonna shut the door. Uh, my skin suticals and like IS clinicals, they just sent me a bunch of product and so Today I'm I'm recovering from Fashion Week, so I yeah. I had a hydrafacial just to okay. get the deep clean of the pores, yeah. and um, I was using a bit of Retin A and maybe a bit too much Retin A like over the last week, so my skin's a bit thin, yeah. and I had a few spots that were like you know mm -hmm. the the skin was um you know it gets a little bit of a burn from the product because too yeah. many acids. Yeah, I, I'm a part of the problem. I'm, yeah. I like active ingredients so much that I cause my own problems. But the the gift of it is that the you know the skin's going to be recovered from a month at Fashion Week where I'm yeah. wearing makeup all the time. Like that's like the the real the real things that people you know they say oh wow you look so great in those uh, on, on social media and i'm like i take a lot of care but i also have acne prone skin mm. and my my face like when we met i had like a pimple on my chest that was just right here and it was just from like a hair you know yeah. like it was a trapped hair and i think that we forget like humans in that world Mm. are still having bad days and they yeah. have to go to work regardless like exactly. you, you know a bad day is like a bad day i'm being very superficial but they'll have a blemish or their eyes look tired or their skin super dry yeah. but or they'll have a bunch of congestion in the skin mm -hmm. so it's like really that is that is everybody yeah. um every every most beautiful person that you see if they're working um mm -hmm. if five to seven days in a row with makeup and long days and party or smoking or drinking or, or not sleeping and they're no longer 20, 
Yeah. If you're 30 or 40 or 50, it's like game over. I know. I game know. over. I know, though. So, yeah, it's like your, your skincare routine means that you have to add plus one hour of prep time for a mask, for adding your serums, for, you know, the right concealing. So Because you also add a little bit of makeup just to look fresh to go outside. Definitely. Just a tiny bit here and there or just amazing skincare. But that takes time. Yeah, There's no rush to the skincare routine. You, you have to take the time. It's a real commitment, of course it is. <laughs> which, which, but I, I've always, I, I think that, that my husband also tells me, he's like, I love that you've taken so much, you're, you're so self-caring. Mm -hmm. He's like, you care so much about like the, the way you look and that, you know, obviously I take the time at night and in the morning, he's like, I've always admired that, that you, you like the process of self-care. Yeah. And he's somebody who doesn't really, he's 44 and he has nice skin and never had acne. And he, 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 he doesn't, his skin is like no pores. And I was like, wow. And he uses like the soap from the bar from the, you know, the hand soap. And I'm like, he could use like the shampoo. Like he's that kind of man. I'm in shock. I was like, what? Because how could skin survive a hand soap? Your skin would be so dry. I was like, aren't you worried? But and then it's just some people can get away with it and make, he has some lines and wrinkles, but it doesn't bother me or him, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's, he's not wearing makeup for a living. You know, like I, I yeah, can't necessarily true. get dry and wrinkly and be like trying to make my skin look fresh. Yeah. Um, yeah. It needs to be hydrated and needs to be cared for. Exactly. No, it's important. That, <laughs> yeah, so can you, can, can you describe to us like what's your kind of, you know, you feel good day, you know, like you feel good preparations. So how do you proceed? Like, what's your routine to getting like empowered? Like, you know, and, and then mm. you're facing the word and you're fully self-confidence. I think there's two ways to, to look into this. There's mm. the one way of being good in my world where I'm not working because there's yeah. a lot of time I'm not doing fashion. And that's like, taking time to rest, taking time to prepare a really fresh breakfast and having something healthy that I made myself because yeah. I think it's important to know what you're eating and where, where you, you know, getting your food from. Um, so taking time to have a really good start to the day with a really healthy avocado toast with some mm -hmm. eggs and some tomatoes and basil and all of that, olive oil, all the good stuff, just living foods, the plates covered with colors and vibrancy and textures and it's delicious yeah um so that's a good way to start because i feel better after i eat better i like i you know i'm at the point in my life where i'm um i'm 37 this month on the 30th so i'm yeah. i'm not i'm no longer a teenager i'm no longer in my 20s i'm 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 not young but i'm not old it's like that mm -hmm. it's yeah. that point of your life where you're like i'm old enough and yeah. that i'm paying attention mm -hmm. Um, and I know that the cause and effect is real. So when I take care of myself on a cellular level through nutrition, I feel better. Mm. Um, and then doing my, taking care of my skin and getting a break from makeup. There's something really powerful to just kind of get ready, shower, go swim in the lake. I mean, Switzerland, where I live now, the lakes are just pristine and clean and beautiful. So you can jump in the lake. So when the weather's warmer, I'll be able to do that. And I find it so restorative to be in nature. And mm -hmm. it really brings me back to center. It's like a, why meditation works. Being in nature is my meditation. It's just quiet and I can hear the birds and I can smell the trees. And that's really, really good for me. Uh, the other side is the Miss Fame world where it's full throttle. I'm going hard and I'm, I'm going uh, for the gold. I'm yeah. winning in my life in that moment. So yeah. it, it's a bit of... Um, 
uniting with people that have my back, working with people that have my back. So I'm building a team because I don't think we should do life alone. There's too many people on this planet to feel alone. But some days, you know, everybody can feel sad and a bit alone. So for me, I would say working as Miss Fame is about working with a team of people that have my back because entering these spaces, I feel safest when I have somebody that has, um, has my best interests. Yeah. And, and, and mind. And um, I have a stylist named Laurent Dombrovitz who works with me for the last years and he's a mentor and a friend and he just feels really supportive. So when I walk into every front row and he's there, it allows me to kind of grab his arm and feel protected nice. and, um, you know, getting ready, of course, the, 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 the glamorous armor that I put on, it is still a form of armor because walking into fashion, you're surrounded by so many people from so many different walks of life, but a lot of people with um, a certain maybe upbringing or economic standing that they grew up with a lifestyle that was not familiar to me because I grew up on a farm with my grandparents adopting mm -hmm. me and I have a lot of reality and a lot of shortcomings. Yeah. So when I walked into these spaces, it wasn't that I was discovered for beauty. I kind of discovered myself and then positioned myself in fashion. Mm -hmm. So I had to continuously remind fashion that my existence matters. So it's not, it's not always that I feel empowered walking into the rooms of fashion or the gates of fashion, mm -hmm. but I realize that while I'm there, I do feel so unique and, and such, a, um, such a unified vision of like that I'm not just me, that I stand for a whole community of people that are profoundly you know, exhilarated that I'm there. They're also feeling it and I'm getting it through social media. They're saying, I see you. I want to do this one day. I'm, I, your, your beauty matters. And in a way, you know, I'll, I'm getting probably my most strength from my life outside of fashion. Mm -hmm. But when I do go into fashion, I take the time in the morning to take care of myself, to surround myself with people that care about me. And then also just to take time that every detail is assessed so that when I walk into the space, I feel empowered by beauty. That, it, that, that is not the only thing, but it gives me strength. So I allow it to kind of walk me through these spaces. Can you describe like a, a faux pas that you made as I tend to define yourself, you know, when, when, you, when you're teenager and you want to wear exactly the same clothes to your friends, but you don't feel exactly like in, you know, or like some, you know, like a, some things that you made it as I tend to be the person you are now. Hmm. Well, I think there was a few moments where probably when I was 18, I really kind of was being brave. Mm -hmm. And that also was, there was a moment when I was a child where I was in the, um, the, the restroom, my grandmother had a drawer of makeup and I had tried her eyeliner on when nobody was home. Yeah. And I remember seeing the dark coal going around my lashes and in the waterline. And I thought, I think I'm pretty. I felt like I looked in the mirror and the, the, you know, we're very particular about words. You say, oh, a guy is handsome or a guy or a woman is beautiful mm -hmm. or pretty, but I felt pretty. And I'm like, you know, I felt in that moment, it allowed me to see myself through the, my own eyes, but mm -hmm. outside of myself and saying, oh, this is something that I've never been able to maybe grant myself, which is to see myself as beautiful yeah. versus, oh, you're so handsome. Mm -hmm. You know, as a child hearing that, I wanted to feel beautiful and I wanted to feel pretty. And that, that eyeliner gave me um, a moment with myself where mm -hmm. I felt pretty. Yeah. I also felt scared. I mean, because I was worried about my grandparents are culturally from a completely different time. So I was like, I need to get this off. And the thing is that people, you know, if you're a child and even if you don't know makeup so 
well, getting an eyeliner that's black off of your eye yeah. needs an oil. You need an emollient. You that's need something that's going to get it off. I didn't have that. I was oh. like using a bar of soap. My eyes are all red and it was a mess. So there was a little haze of smokiness, you know, because it's like yeah. it, if you're not thoroughly taking off I, at this stage of my career, yeah. I know how to remove all of my makeup. Mm. Um, I, I know that there's certain yeah. products that are really good at but breaking all of it down very quickly. Yeah. But then I had no clue. So that was kind of the first introduction. And then when I was probably 18, 19, 20 is when I really started to kind of lean into my community. I was going out, dancing, listening to music. I found my uh, like a local spot in my town where I'm from that there was obviously other LGBT kind of queer. It was a queer community. It was LGBT, gay, lesbian, etc. And then I saw people kind of um, enjoying themselves and living authentically to themselves and that's where I was kind of uh, putting on makeup more in the beginning of my life. And I was allowing myself to go out in public and let people see me see. putting myself with makeup. Yeah. So I, I remember people telling me, oh, you know, you're, you're beautiful. And I remember feeling like I never really believed it because at the time I had such, my self-esteem was very weak yeah. because yeah. I was, you know, feeling like I never knew myself and my family mm -hmm. didn't know how to support maybe my individuality. Okay. So I didn't have a nurturing background because I was different mm. and there was the cultural divide and the, the generational divide of my my family's background so when I started to be around people and I would put on makeup they would tell me I looked great and I was thinking oh I like the way that feels but I didn't believe me yet I wasn't ready yet inside I had to work really really hard and for a very long time to believe it because mm -hmm. you know people think oh if you have it if you have uh, issues with self-esteem you know, you just have to tell yourself the opposite. I was like, well, you kind of have to do the work. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not just an affirmation. To learn how to use an affirmation yeah. and really yeah. get it to stick requires therapy and writing and deep healing. Mm. So I had a lot of years of working on the inside self aspect mm. to believe it. But now mm. I look back and all of that gave me a step toward yes. learning about how to be with me. I see. I understand. I understand. Yeah. And that brings us to the last question, which is how do you family did impact your self-image? I think that when I was a child, I, I would watch my aunts uh, mm. getting ready and they had the same, the makeup drawer. Mm -hmm. uh, it was one drawer that had everything in it. It had like eyelash curler, the compact, the mascara, um, the powder, uh, the foundation and the glass jar. And, um, a lot of just, you know, uh, easy products that we still see today when you go to the, the you know, the corner, the corner store. Exactly. So they had all the Maybelline and the, the you know, all of the things that you can yeah. buy, CoverGirl or whatever, mm -hmm. they had it. And um, I remember watching them sitting and looking at each other and talking while they were doing their makeup in like the early 90s, the late 80s, early 90s. And I was obsessed with watching women getting ready. I liked watching my aunts gossiping and talking together and getting beautiful. And I thought they looked so cool. I thought they were so beautiful, taking time for themselves. Yeah. There was some camaraderie watching women getting ready together. Yeah. And it was different than maybe my, the man, there was like definite gender specific mm -hmm. roles in our family where men had to do this and the women were doing kind of that. I mean, everybody had to work outside and work hard on the farm yeah, uh, and work in the garden and, you know, it was a family farm. So we worked with the animals and we worked with the garden and yeah. maintaining the land, mm -hmm. but there was kind of like, 
the guys need to go do this. And I was like, I don't want to go out yeah, with the <laughs> guys. I want to be with the girls. Like they're having a great time getting ready to go out and I, yeah. I want to be with them. Mm-hmm. So I think watching these women getting ready was a bit of a, an idea in my head about something that allured me. Mm-hmm. And as I discovered my truth and I leaned into my truth, I believe it may have felt, it may have been overwhelming for them in the beginning because they they were they were polite enough nobody really cut me away completely Um, i think that certain people were concerned about my well-being in the beginning because they had limited knowledge about like lgbt you know issues they they had maybe a few things because they didn't know gay people so they didn't know how to really um support somebody that was different definitely so they were kind of like questioning but I, i what i discovered was I was claiming myself through my relationships, my friendships, through my identity, my, my visual self-expression. And I chose to move to New York. I left the small town and I ended up going to Northern California, then New York. This is where I allowed myself to really lean into my authentic life. And I found community and a chosen family, people that really got me. And I felt inspired and also um, strengthened because I started to realize, oh, people really need me. Like I felt needed and I'd go out and I would dress up and I I started realizing over time and in my career, I unintentionally became an advocate. I didn't go fighting right away. I I was fighting for me. And then I realized other people were looking to me and saying, what you do matters. And I see you. And I thought, oh, that feels good. And I really want to be a voice for anybody that Mm -hmm. feels like they need one that needs encouragement, that needs a pep talk, that needs to be supported that I know what it feels like to come from nothing and you can really build your identity authentically to be you. And in turn, in time, in, in turn, my, my family, of course, they couldn't deny, you know, what I, who I was and where I was going because I was going through all the fashion magazines, Vogue's and articles in Allure and uh, New York Times and GQ men. I've been in many different magazines talking and showing different variations of beauty in the industry from product also mm-hmm. to editorials where it's just visually being seen. Mm-hmm. So over time, you know, I, I think that you could not see me. If I, I, I share it on social media, I'm there. So yeah. it shows that I've acquired something that I think anybody aspires to achieve, which is to be visible and to, to have success in, in your life as an artist mm-hmm. and also that um it you know my family didn't have to be supportive some people just never get there yeah, but I mean, they, they they got on board i mean they yeah. got on board they, they, they really did i think that they discovered that they were they were a part of me and they're yeah. part of my background i never yeah. forgot where i came yeah. from you know people say don't forget where you came from I'm like honey of course not <laughs> i still love nature and i would love to be on a farm and be able yeah. to have animals so i still dream about simple beautiful things that make me happy i see like gardening and plants yeah. and, and little animals that bring me so much joy like the message behind it's really helped me to explain to young people who wanted to do exactly what you do or you know want to be an artist or to express themselves and as you said like uh, the be ready for the word you know i mean like it's really healthy the way you explain that you know you build up your own uh kind of foundations and your fun you don't yeah. forget that and then you even if your family wasn't uh, supportive and didn't really manage like you know the situation at the time you keep on thinking like everything that you 
they give it to you. And, you know, like the relation yeah. to the nature, the relation to the firm, the relation to the ground, and then the, the relation of the healthiness, the, the, you know, yeah. the way you heat and everything. And then you, it's, you know, you're part of it. You are the piece of this, and the, piece of, or the piece of what you built when you moved to New York and everything. So, and it's really, I think that it's really nice to share with us that, you know, like everything is important. Your roots, the roots you, that you create yourself, then you make it grow. And then you are like a really like solid tree uh, standing there and doing like, and sharing with us your heart. And then it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think authenticity is essential to exist. Yeah. And, uh, you know, talking of, talking about it and sharing it and not hoarding any um, anything, you know, obviously in a conversation, being true and, and telling people how you got there and what you did to get there, this allows people to imagine what steps they can take if they have the passion, the dedication and the talent. Mm. And you, you can develop talent over time, but I do believe that certain people just have something. And, mm. you know, I, I come from a family of people that are workers and they work and they, they have a nine to five and that's their life. And I was always a creative. So I was kind of like, I didn't want to live a normal life. I was like, I'm not normal, quote unquote. I'm different because I, I was seeing no, no, not many people like me where I was from. I felt different, at least feeling different. I know. And, uh, yeah, I found people like me when I got to a bigger city. I said, oh, there's so many people that I relate to. And I also want to, um, I want to imagine that life doesn't have to be, you know, it'd be nicer if, uh, if I was, I had more, more money, it'd be nicer if yeah. I had that, that, you know, there's the things yeah. that we wish to aspire, like that house or that life and that trip or yeah. whatever. I said, but I really, I really um, come a long way from a humble, you know, farm to being able to be uh, at a front row at a fashion show <laughs> for Couture in Paris or to walk for um, charity events like Amphar or to yeah. be the face of brands like L'Oreal or Charlotte Tilbury or Pat McGrath. Like yeah. I've worked with so many different people yeah. and I've also been able to make money off of my talent, which means it Maybe. works. Mm. And I always told myself, I won't call myself a model until I get paid to model. And then there was the time where I started getting paid to model. Yeah. And I thought, how cool is that? Like my, my own individual identity is allowing me, you know, I wish more regularly, but I'm getting compensated yeah, uh, from time to time with the right connection, with the right brand that really supports inclusivity. Yeah. And for me right now, I'm working with Victor and Rolf Fragrance, and it was originally the relationship to the Couture House, attending yeah. the shows, and it developed into a financial connection. And I think that is really important for artists to build their business and to build their vision of what they want in this life. It is so not easy. It's hard, 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 and it's very challenging. But the beauty is that when it works, it reminds you of why you do what you do. Because we never give up on ourselves. We always fight for what's authentically ours. And, you know, the next steps could be uh, maybe doing things more my way and creating more collaborations with people that are artists that are, are on the same page yeah. um, without ego and just about talent and then hopes and sharing. hoping that all of this develops. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sharing our, sharing our time and our passions together nice. uh, and then connecting it back to our audience because, you know, we're always giving back to each other things that we're passionate about and yeah. saying here's something that really uh, is authentically me and you're welcome to see and experience a part of my, my vision. So thank you. Thank, thank you for you uh, inviting me to have a conversation about it. Oh, thank you. That was 
Miss Fame Inoskid podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Do not hesitate to share with you as your friends and family. And I speak to you soon. Take care.